Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. Watch and listen to Higher Learning where we dissect the biggest topics in black entertainment, politics, and sports. Twice a week, we react to the most important and timely conversations, often inviting guests to offer unique perspectives. Listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. All right, Hannibal Burris is here. First with one R. Get yeah. that point again in his latest, his latest special. Ooh. What what happened to the second R? How many times do you have to correct that over over Man, your uh, forty years? You know, sometimes, sometimes I just I turn down offers if it just comes in with two R's. Yeah, it's a good for, sign. For, it's a good sign to stay and away. It's not, and it's not about scale of it. I, a couple times I've let it slide, but <laughs> it's a tough. It's it's already in my head. I'm like, nah. I don't. I don't like it. I had that with me. Some some people have called me Simons. Yeah. Instead of Simmons, I think with two M's, it's pretty obvious it's a Simmons situation. I, I haven't seen any Simons with two M's. Yeah. So if they do the Simons, I'm like, oh, you have no idea anything about me at this point. If you're gonna call me a Simons, um, Anderson Anderson Pack has a lyric on um, what's the name of that? Yada yada. Yeah. And it's. Well, now if they if they forget the dot, I'm charging double for the purchase. <laughs> like, and so I I don't charge double. I just kind of ignore what came in. What have you been doing during the pandemic? We're heading into next week. Will be month. We'll be, we'll finish month five on yeah. August 11th. It's it's fucking crazy. Um, now being home has been it's been nice to to get to this zone and. And be home, and I played tennis the other day for the first Ooh. time. But I played just, you know, it was my first time, so I said, let's just, just, just keep it alive. No, don't worry about regular rules. Let's just, you know, we just getting a sweat out here. But that was fun. Uh, I played video games, NBA 2K. Uh, I I saw that. I wanted to talk to you about that because that's yeah. been a lot of my summer as my son who really got into it over the last couple months. And I just have a million thoughts. I was just talking about my podcast the other day. 
these galaxy opal cards and these goat cards that they give to people who weren't as great as, you know, in my opinion, didn't really totally deserve a superpowers card. But now the guys coming into the draft who aren't even NBA players yet, like James Wiseman has like a galaxy opal card and he's better than Hakeem Olajuwon. Oh, like, what are we doing? That, that my team stuff. Yeah. I can't, my brain can't grasp it. I've been in there on the, I've tried it. And then I was just, I didn't, I didn't get it. I, I, so I, I know that that means that they're, they're good and you could assemble players, but I, that mode hasn't grabbed me like that, but I, they shouldn't be giving rookies that much, that much clout. Well, it's basically so, yeah. like, it's like a scratch card mentality. You know, those scratch oh, cards that they have like seven elevens. Yeah. So you have to like, that they especially get people like my son. Cause my son's always say, dad, can I have, can I have $20? I got to buy VC for the new goat packs. And so they're praying and it's like, oh, the only way I can get this LeBron, whatever card, yeah. I buy these packs. So then all these, all these kids are trying to get the, the packs, which then they can sell on this whole little weird eco system wow. that they have and it's 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 a it's a time suck but you have to honor it because it's your son you can't because he this is his sports thing and you had your you know collection and there so you're like yeah here's the money you can't well <laughs> especially during the pandemic because yeah. i just feel so bad for my kids because it's like you know my daughter's 50 my son's 12 and it's like they they can barely see their friends do anything they can't, they can't be around kids their own age, really. So it's like, you know, you end up being a little lax. Yeah, man. You got to get them kids, get, get their friends tested, get their, get them a, a tested crew. Like this is the tested crew. We just hang out with each other. Don't let nobody else into the crew. You'll be monitored, you know, yeah. so just for yeah, that, your friend group. We kind of have done that. We have a, like a couple families that, you just kind of make choices. I'm sure you've done that in your own life where you kind of yeah. look around and you're like, I trust these eight people. I know they're yeah. not going to be like uh, at some secret rave until two in the morning yeah, crammed into like 300 people. You, yeah, you don't seem like you're a rave pandemic person. And you, we just, you know, we roll the dice. I think we should have to list the people in our life publicly, almost like when, uh, when sports do, like there's an expansion draft and they protect eight to 10 people. On the team. Yeah. I think everyone in your life should know whether they cracked your circle or not. You know, it's a, it's yeah. like a weirdly insightful moment on what your relationships are. It is. It is. But it's some folks that, you know, I think now it's some folks you don't even think about that you would have in your circle if they, if they popped up out of nowhere. You're like, oh, mm. oh, yeah, oh, I you forgot from, about you. You forgot about you. We should, we should hang out. You're definitely, you're definitely not reckless. What? So have, have you, cause you released this comedy special on YouTube, which was yeah. excellent. Thank Miami you, nights. Um, but I'm sure, and I'm sure you're working on that during the pandemic, but now what happens? Cause I, I want to go back to the special in a little bit, but now it's like, all right, we we're at least in this for five, six more months. How do yeah. you be you? What do you do? I've been, um, just working on different concepts and, and ideas. I, Started doing this one, you know, it's me and a couple other comedian friends. Uh, it's called News Overload, where it's some news, but it's just also just conversational and we're framing it in the news. Uh, so those, these type of ideas that we could do remotely. And, and I started again. I used to gamble a lot. 
So I what? started a podcast with my uncle uh, called Splitting Tens. Uh, he used to be a dealer at, at Chicago area casinos for a while. So he has some insane stories. And it's kind of that's a really wild perspective to view life from is from the side of the dealer, you know, watching people lose a couple hundred thousand and, and seeing just, you know, the emotions. And so working on that and just trying Wait, to hold, hold on. Wait, yeah. Can we, can we pause that one? Yeah. Let's I want to talk about splitting tents. Okay. I had no idea you were doing this. Yeah. I just, I haven't put it out yet. Okay. Uh, I got a couple episodes recorded and I've been, I've been sending it around to some folks, but it's, so it's it all was, gambling, gambling, like war stories or like, like you're I, telling stories, he's telling stories. Like what's the gimmick? Uh, it can vary. We'll have different guests on. So, you know, the first episode was me just getting his experience as a dealer and, and hearing about crazy stories. But we talk, you know, we, we talk sports betting, we talk craps and, and dice setting and, and rhythm shooting and, and all this other stuff and Baccarat. And, and, and we get into it. So it's going to be, you know, the full gamut of gambling. What's your game what, when you, when you're in a casino, if we ever get to go when back I to was, a casino, what's your game? I was, I was craps. I was playing really? a lot of craps and, um, and then sports. I stopped, I, I stopped gambling. It's been, uh, a year and a half now, but wait, is it so, and you stopped drinking like a year and a half ago too. I stopped drinking two and a half years ago and okay. the next year cut out gambling yeah so every year you're giving up something those were the two main ones those were taking up a lot of time and energy <laughs> did you have to give up gambling or it was just a good idea for your good for idea. your welfare to give up gambling just a good idea just you know seeing that i could channel that instinct and that behavior in the other aspects of life where i'll still be getting the rush and and all the mental rewards to gambling without the you know cheap action of throwing it on a on a table or whatever and or just things that are more long term but still still have the same kind of principles of they might not go well or they might go really well so um it took that because it's yeah being on tilt and you know looking up sports bets every day being on forums it takes up a lot of mental energy that could be used elsewhere were you nba nfl or were you everything i was nba nfl i was betting a lot of hockey and uh <laughs> hockey hockey's so hard to bet it's like all those weird bunny lines and goal and a half all that yeah, stuff i don't, I don't I bet, bet hockey. <laughs> i got into it i started yeah in the golden knights uh first season I was uh, I was following them a lot, and they did they did really well. Uh, oh, so you rode them season. during their hot streak? Yeah, uh, that was like a couple of my gambling buddies during that time. They started calling me Hockey Hannibal because I was hitting picks like that. Like it was a, I had a crazy couple week run during that time. That's unbelievable. I've always stayed away from baseball and hockey because baseball has the weird pitching lines, and I I've just Never understood how people make money in those. Then hockey, especially because I had King season tickets for three, four years. It's just so random. Yeah. They're just skating around. Balls are, or pucks are bouncing off somebody's leg and going in and somebody's yeah. winning in double overtime. And it's like, I can't handle this. Well, that, those hockey, those, uh, 
empty net goals could really they uh, really change. That's where you a lot of times you'll make your puck line on that empty net goal, and and then they'll be up two. And and uh, yeah, those there was a classic goals. one in uh we're taping this on a Monday. There was a Portland Celtics game. Portland was plus four. They're down three with Boston makes two free throws. Portland's now down three with three seconds left. And we had Portland plus four and we're like, this is great. No matter what, like Dame will take a shot. Worst case scenario, we go to overtime and maybe we don't cover in overtime, but Dame probably miss and we, and we cover Nurkic is taking the ball out of bounds and just throws it 70 feet and it goes out of bounds. So now the Celtics have the ball under the basket up three favored by four. They inbound Tatum gets fouled. We're like, wait a second, we're going to lose on this. And he makes one or two ends up being a push. My point is you might, you might've made a good move just getting out of sports gaming completely. Cause I was so upset. It was just a random Sunday. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Why'd you do that? Are you shaving points? Why? Why? Yeah. And there's no way the next day you were normal to everybody in your life the way you, they should have been treated. Right. <laughs> Whether you remember or not, you might have had you might have been acting funny that for a couple of days after a bad beat or a straight up beat. You know, yeah, That's those it. it puts you in a weird zone. I was a blackjack guy, and still yeah. am. I am a go to Vegas. All I want to do is play blackjack, and I'm not talking for like two hours. I'm I'm talking like the eight to 12 hours. The dealers are changing. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just super happy playing blackjack. I zone out, have some drinks. Um, I like to be there with at least one or two friends. A couple of the other seats shift. The craps thing I would dabble in. Yeah. And I've had some great craps moments. Um, I think the problem with craps that's so seductive is if you've had that night at the awesome craps table, yeah. Where like where just everything came together and it's like a movie. You just you want it again and again and it's so hard to find. And and people chase it and they chase it. But then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, the craps. I want to jump back to blackjack real quick. Cause I yeah, do you play the same amount each hand? You just steady, or do you have hunches and you and you triple up your bet or something like that? I usually I start out, you know playing one hand mm-hmm. and then as the night goes on, I have a couple of cocktails and then you kind of feel like the table, the dealer, all that stuff. And eventually if things are going well, I, I, I up it. Yeah. And do the two hands at once. I, the problem though is I don't, I don't know. I believe in all these rules. I've written about it a bunch of times. Like I, I don't know if I'm just a lunatic or if these rules are actually like real rules that work. Like, I always feel like if the dealer is a, is a shithead or is surly or is going too fast or just seems like they're not rooting for us, that that actually affects the cards. <laughs> I have no evidence. <laughs> I have no evidence at all. And on the flip side, I feel like when I have a dealer that is, you know, engaging and feels like yeah. he's rooting for us and we're kind of connected, we're tipping him. Um, I do feel like that has an effect. What does your uncle say about that? <laughs> he... The, the 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 speed dealing thing, I I'm not a fan of that either. Cause I I cause it's, especially if you're just going heads up, yeah. And you and the and they're a speed dealer. If you take a bad run, that can get ugly real fast. Where you're like, this game is moving. I don't like how this is moving. Right? This 
it's kind of like in boxing if you just get trapped in the corner for yeah. it, but there's like a minute and a half left in the round and you're like oh my yeah. god i just want to survive yeah. i want to survive until the change <laughs> It's rough. He's talked a lot about people really, you know, sometimes people will ask the dealer in the moment, especially if there's a big bet up and they got, you know, they they went for a max play. And of course, dealer's showing 10 or something. You got 16 and he like the book says hit and you ask the dealer hit and then bust out. Then you want to blame the dealer. Right. Why'd you hey, tell me? Hey, you supposed to, you know. It was a suggestion, you know. I didn't make you play, but sometimes it can feel like they're pushing you, especially if you're in it already. Like you, you know, sometimes where you just, there's been times where they'll, yeah, they'll do it real quick. But I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I if that's the, how much I wanted to bet or if I wanted to bet more. Like, oh, I was going, I was going to triple it up, and then you get the blackjack on the ones that you you know played lower. The way to win in blackjack is if you're having a run, you have to up your bets. Yeah. That's the only way. If if there's some sort of magical thing happening, you can feel it, you have to step it up. Um, but then there's these other rules. Like, you know, some people will double down every time. I will double down most of the times. But if the dealer is like destroying me and nobody at the table is winning and it's like, oh, great, I get to double my bets where everybody is ice cold right now. Like sometimes I'll back off and then you can tell the dealer judges you a little bit for it. Yeah. I, I wonder about how many plays. It has to be a lot. A lot of plays that people wanted to make in the moment but didn't because of the social pressure to not right. split tens, to not – double down on a 14 or this this thing that you felt as a hunt, but you're like, oh, I got these people around me. They're also bad. If I do that, then it ruins it. And then you just like uh, hit. And then you get a six, seven, and you got you're like, oh, I should have. Right. It's because it's, it's, it's social. People don't want to do things that aren't socially acceptable. I usually like sitting at third base because – I like to see the cards before me and I, and I also know that I'm not going to fuck up at third base. Cause if you had that person in third base, who's, who's just doing weird shit and screwing up the whole hand for the table, it can shift really fast. Has, has anybody ever like tried to like fight your uncle or like been really mad or thrown chips at him or like flipped out in any way or no? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody I'm sure has, that's happened, right? Yeah. Some, some is, Definitely went down. He's gotten into some some fights and and he's he's got some some stories about some athletes not to be named that have taken shots at him. Take a shot mean like try to you know try to fake a play and and not not because they you know they try to you know make it seem like they won when they really lost. So right, right, right. Uh, yeah, he's got some wild stories, man. Just even, you know, seeing you usually don't get to hear what it's like to look at somebody while they are losing 350, you know. Right. And you're losing 350,000 and you're just watching them and and they just crumbling in front. Usually you're a gambler, you're next to somebody just watching. But when you have to it's a lot of energy to take on, I think, as as a job, you know, see it you know, eight hours a day and it's just people being impulsive right in front of you. It's a lot. 
This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Well, one thing the Vegas, the bigger casinos did, especially on the Strip in Vegas, is they they made all these subtle tweaks to the rules to try to shift the percentages toward the house. And Vegas was turning into a place where you almost had to find a little bit off the beaten path casinos that had the old school odds, right? Three to two blackjack. Um, yeah. The ability to split aces, but it's your decision. Little things like that, that, really actually help you. But if you're at like one of the giant casinos, they're just looking for every way to squeeze you because they know you're on the strip. It's a pain in the ass to leave. Take two, you got to get a cab, yeah. you got to get in the cab line. And it's like, ah, fuck it. I'll just gamble here. And then meanwhile, they've shifted the percentages imperceptibly against you. It's frustrating. Yeah. I would be, you know, I would, uh, at, at my, you know, heaviest, I would, definitely be researching uh, on forums, like which strip casinos has this and which ones can you play multiple hands at the minimum bet at and all these different things and looking at sports books, which book got the best line for this one right here. Like this is, I look back like that was uh Yeah, what am I doing? A lot of time I spent on, on that, that research for the uh, Idaho State uh, okay. <laughs> you know what's funny about craps though 
when you're craps profiling whoever the shooter yeah. is, trying to decide just by staring at them whether they yeah. seem lucky or not. You're like, oh, that yeah. guy has a hot girlfriend. I bet he's gonna go on a roll. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, like, oh no, that person looks trash. It's it's an energy thing. Oh, you don't. Yeah. Because he something... seems sad. Yeah, he seems sad. You know, he doesn't seem like he even believes it. Um, I think women are usually good for at least one. I agree. I feel like at least I rarely see a woman just straight up crap out right away on the first go. They usually hit they either 7-Eleven once or hit the point once. I think that's that might be 75%. I feel like that is. Where do you stand on the don't come line guy? The guy who's by himself just going don't come against everybody. Basically rooting against everyone at the table. Yeah. And winning as as, when they crap out. He just got to keep it cool. Keep so it he cool. can't celebrate. Keep it cool. Keep it quiet. Don't talk to nobody. Just play your don'ts. And if you win, get your chips and keep that shit quiet. What NBA star is most likely to bet the don't come line? Who's most likely to uh, bet the don'ts? Former uh, San Antonio Spurs power forward, Tim Duncan feels like wow. a don'ts player. <laughs> it's probably somebody that's incorporated uh advanced metrics in their own game and all the data because the reality is don't come is probably a better way to bet it's just yeah. not fun at all it's it's, it's the most anti-social fun. thing you can basically do in a casino yeah it, and it, it's it's gotten adversarial with me and other people sometimes if i'm shooting especially if i feel like I'm in a hot zone. Yeah. And I'll throw, I say, you need to take your money off that shit, man. <laughs> I take it, take your money up. And then there's been times where I made them have to pick their shit up and they're kind of stubbornly going for the don'ts and you hit like three in a row. You're like, pick your shit up, dog. It's going to be a mess right here for you. And then we's like, what? We're not, why, we're not going against each other. We're going against the house. What the fuck is this? Right, right. arguing with this other dude, this other. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need more rivals. Isn't that the enemy? He's not the enemy. Yeah. I also like when, you, when you're on a when you're on a roll, and then somebody kind of shows up. They hear like there's some applause or some excitement, and they show yeah. up, and they start throwing bets around. But you're in your roll. You, they you, slow you're it in your up. Groove. It's almost it's almost like you're a you're a jump shooter. You've made a few, and then this yeah. dude's coming in, be like, hold on, I got to spread my shitty ten dollar bets into twenty places and knock you out of your momentum for thirty yeah. seconds. I hate that's that why, guy. Yeah, that's why I don't like blackjack solo, but I like to have a solo craps table. Because mm. then you can really get in your rhythm, you know, and start shooting for numbers. And, like, it's times where I really am just shooting for 6-8 and filling it and calling it, and it's and it keeps on, you know, it keeps coming and shit. So I that's why I like solo and I um right next to the to the stick person for the shortest distance from there to the wall. What's that guy's name? The stick person. Stick it's, man. There's, is that what he's called? Yeah. I never knew what the actual job title was for that. It, the reason I'm talking about this so excitedly is I I you know it's we're in month five of the pandemic. I would love to be at a casino playing blackjack and 
being around the action. I don't even know when that comes back. You know, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of like video poker, it seems like happening right now, which just is not as satisfying. I know a couple of folks has been to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. With that, what do they have? Like the, the divide, the glass dividers between the I things? Think it How do varies, they do it? I think it varies from casino, but the one, one of my friends was at, cause he had a good hit. Uh, my friend Kevin Bozeman had a good hit on, four card poker lucky sevens or something and he sent the pitch but it wasn't no plexiglass or or anything mm. i think just folks wearing masks i'm not i mean i'm not playing but actually i had this it was this uh card counting documentary that i watched on amazon and that that made me if i if the world was normal that would have sent me to vegas i would have i would have sped to vegas after watching that i would have just like okay i got a i'm a card counter too even with no prep that's cuz i jump into things with without the required prep sometimes when I'm like, oh i should have uh i should have worked on this more yeah i am jealous of the card counters there's a couple celebrities that are apparently can do it oh. like in a real way well i think affleck has been kicked out of casinos yeah um, but I think in general, I wish there was more card counting movies. I wish there was yeah. more Vegas gambling. I, I just don't feel like we've made enough of them. I've seen all of them. You saw the one, what is it called on Amazon? Uh, is it a documentary or a movie? Documentary. I've, I don't, I haven't seen the doc, the card counting documentary. One. It was, it was pretty good. It's, uh, inside the edge is called, mm. uh, a professional blackjack adventure uh sorry for, for spoilers you could imagine it's this guy you know getting kicked out of places a lot but it still is fascinating to see it happen that many times so you're like damn you can stay getting kicked out it's in a way it's a badge of honor it absolutely if they're like nope this is not <laughs> we, we can't do it we can't do it with you here you need to leave <laughs> i think it's crazy that people aren't allowed to count cards though where it's like the casinos have every edge possible and then somebody can go in there and just be like, have a general sense of what's in the pack in the, in the six card shoot. And, yeah. and, uh, I always call it a shoot, even though it's a shoe, it's a, it's one of my things. Um, but that somebody can mentally just process what might be in there. And they're like, no, no, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah. It's like, I'm not cheating. I'm not like replacing cards with a different card. I'm just using my brain. How is that illegal? Yeah, casinos too. You know, it's too flimsy. Any because there's no product, so anything that attacks that it's just experience. <laughs> right. So if you're messing with that, and like, no, you gotta, you gotta go. You can't. Do you remember your first Vegas trip? How old were you? I was, I was 19 or 20, and it was ex. It was. 2002 or three. Oh, that's I, right. When I, Vegas was kind of things were happening. Yeah. I, but it wasn't a trip in that way. I, I had submitted, I had auditioned for this comedy festival, the Las Vegas comedy festival. I was going to school in Carbondale. So I auditioned in St. Louis, hour and a half away. And they had a college comedian category. Uh, I don't been doing comedy a year or so. And so the prize was to get to go to Vegas and perform in this comedy festival. That was my first kind of time flying for comedy. Uh, and so I played 
a little bit of blackjack at like 10 bucks so maybe two ten dollar hands and i was under eight and i and so i lost the second hand i think i lost both i lost the second hand and since it was 10 bucks and i was 1920. I went, damn it. Oh, he must be a kid. And as soon as I said, damn it. He's like, can we see your ID? They they put me out. Yeah. That outburst. That'll probably be my son in a couple of years. Um, (laughs) What led to the um, comedy special you just did being a YouTube thing versus being on a streaming service? It was, and it, it was pretty close to being on the streaming service. But then the world started crumbling. And so I was like, let me try putting it out like this and, and, and just see um, what it'll do on, on YouTube and, and try and mix it up a little bit. So it might end up on a streamer down the road uh, later this year, next year or something. But I just kind of wanted to, to put it out first. And, when did and you see. record it? I recorded it in August of last year at the uh, Olympia Theater in Miami. Uh, and it was the second time I recorded a lot of the material. There was some change, but I recorded a show in February of last year. And then I didn't end up liking it. So I scrapped it, which was a pretty expensive decision mm. to, to make uh, it. But it, it didn't feel right to just to that show and what we were trying to do. It didn't. It didn't come across in that first tape, and so we had to had to scrap it. And then did another tour in July, beginning of August, and and recorded it again. There's some bells and whistles in this show. Was it, when when you're in the audience for it, are you getting the same stuff that I'm getting on YouTube with like the auto tune and all? The, like it's this exact same experience, right? It's it's a little bit more stuff. In the in the actual in the special, there's a couple added in things. Yeah. And then also in the special, there's some bits that you know didn't make it. But right. for the most part, yeah, I've been trying to, you know, enhance bits and, and, and surprise people a little bit and just make it make it real fun and, and have some a different energy to it. Uh yeah, it's it's, it's just Especially in the in the live show, with it, it hit like when certain things hit, you could tell the real surprise from people because it, you know, it, it's fun like that. I really enjoyed it. It was one of those. All of a sudden, you were saying goodnight, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I I thought <laughs> I had like ten minutes left. Um, the last twenty, basically the last twenty minutes or so of the special, you talk about how you got arrested yeah. for. Uh, I guess what was it called? Drunken disorderly conduct. Disorderly, <laughs> disorderly conduct, BS, intoxication. Trespassing. Yeah. Um, and you just lay out the entire story in painstaking detail. Yeah. Um, with you know, your take on everything, but you're using pictures, you're using uh video from the TV coverage of it and all the uh all the misreporting, the background of the cop who then he has some shady stuff pop up and it's just laid out. It's like, it's like a 20 minute, um, basically a verbal assassination of the entire experience. It was really good. How much time did you put into that? Uh, I mean, I started doing the material probably right after that happened. Uh, 
that was in December 2017. And so then I had a show in Chicago around New Year's Eve where I pro- I told a rough version of it. And then, yeah, I was just adding to it. You know, I was telling the story. Then that news thing came out a month afterwards. So I was like, why y'all? It was really, you really leaning into this bullshit arrest, like the news coverage of it. It felt, it felt, it was upset, you know. I, I was just, I was really just starting to, to wind down about that shit. It was, it was a, a month later and it was like, here's, and more from that bullshit arrest. Like, right. Damn. Uh, so yeah, it took a, you know, and still always tweaking it and figuring out different parts. So over the course of a couple of years, got that together. Uh, and it's just something that, it, yeah, it was a BS arrest and it got dropped without me even, I never even showed up to court or anything. So the fact that they dropped it like that fast shows that they're, you know, that's a failure in their system. It was just who they had operating for them at that time that, that they don't really stand with what he did. So it's a lot of petty policing or contempt of cop type situations, you know, where the ego gets involved. Yeah. And and it allows them to just use that system to their advantage just because they have that on you. It's it's not just words. It's like you say something and then you like, oh I have handcuffs. So it's like, oh I thought we were just speaking. Right. Uh, so that's that we, uh, we put together, I'm suing the Miami police and I saw that, that, yeah. that just came out a couple of days ago. Yeah. Just cause I don't, you know, I did actually, I lost a decent gig because of that, because we weren't fully closed and who knows what the other effects of it, but beyond now, I don't think he should have been a police officer when. I ran into him Mm. just based on the type of shit he had going on before. We never should have even interacted like that. Uh, Because he's, you know, I don't just, I don't think he's fit for the gig. So, so so you taped all this a few months ago and then, you know, about two, two and a half months ago, all of a sudden this country is going through this moment. And you have all this material in this comedy special you haven't released yet. That's basically in the ballpark of what the conversation is. I, what, one of the things I appreciated about listening to it was you just had this own story, but it was in a context of before everything that happened for the last two and a half months, but was still really relevant to everything that happened in the last two and a half months, but you weren't overt about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it just happened to a lot. It's, it's, it happened to be really relevant because of the times, but yeah, it's one of those things where it would have been, unfortunately, it's a it's an ongoing conversation. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's wild, man. I just, uh, yeah, it, I mean, you see, like, oh, he was choking motherfuckers in bars, <laughs> and and. Like the real, like not to repeat it, but the motherfucker that arrested me was running away from the police recently. So after you know, a after a bar fight, 
Yeah, after a bar fight. What? The whole thing is, and even beyond our, he followed me into the bar. He escalated the situation when the shit was done. Said, because I'm too drunk. But he's like, okay, well, you, you can't go into the bar. So I can't go into a bar in front of your eyes, is what you're saying. Like, because if I walk down the street and go to another place, then so it's just BS, man. That's uh but we'll see how it goes. And was that the first time something like that's happened to you? No. No. I've had, I mean, I've had scenarios when I was a teenager. Uh, and really not doing anything and just getting stopped by the police while jogging my my uh, one or two years of being in shape in high school when I was prepping for football season. I was just on a jog and then cops just pull up. Where are you going? Or where are you coming? It's like, I'm just jogging. Mm. Oh, we had a break in. No. Uh, there's other times where I was you know, just come from shopping with my Burger King check. And I was up on, not too far from my neighborhood, but it's a different neighborhood has a different ethnic composition. So they see a black kid up there and then they're like, what are you, what's these bags? And I was just coming from buying some shit for work. I just got pulled over you know, for no reason. One time was just funny because it's, so there was a uh, Toys R Us that was at the Brickyard Mall by my place. And so I had a stealing phase in, in high school, you know, where I was just kind of stealing. That's just because of the rush. And so I went to Toys R Us and I took this, uh, it was some handheld fishing game. And uh, I got the game. I get out the store, fine. And then... Uh, Maybe it's a block up. I see my friends like across the street. I run up to catch up with them. Then a police car comes. I see the police. And then I start running. They catch me. And then they're like, where's the shit? Where's the shit? They like pat me down. They got the game. They're like, where's the shit? Oh, you know, I don't know. I thought they were coming after me for stealing the game. They just thought, they were like, oh, he's running up to, he has crack or something. That has, he has to have, they were searching for drugs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so meanwhile, I ran. They don't have no idea I stole this fucking game. Where do you... And I was like, where... damn, if I just kept it cool, everything would be fine. <laughs> where do, how do you see the next few months playing out here? Next few months? Just in general, in this country. I don't know, man. Or even in the situation is just, I was, uh, I saw somebody online, they had a thread going, like, what are crazy things you thought about the pandemic and in March and different I, Just from a work standpoint, I was really planning on touring in the fall. Okay, this is going to be a couple months, but then... Fall touring is going to be crazy. And because so many people couldn't tour in the spring, then that means that there's going to be a lot of secondary markets that's going to get really good shows that they don't really don't get. So I was thinking, oh, man, because people are going to have to play, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas, because everything else is booked up and all these. I had this whole 
idea of how tour it would be. And it was uh and it was uh very far off. As far as the country, I don't know, man. This shit is is I it's gonna get tense no matter what, uh around election time. It's gonna be weird. That's when I think I'm I'm a I plan on leaving the country for a few months in October. Good move. Uh, just to, you know, be in a different zone and, and yeah, go somewhere. Maybe I think by October, things will open up. We'll be able to go somewhere that might have handled this properly or we'll see. Uh well, the crazy thing about election night is election night will be like election month because there's no way they'll know who won on that night like we would in a normal thing, right? So oh, yeah. all the tension leading up to that day is going to be the whole month. Yeah, and then even if he loses, he's not he's not going out smooth. Now he'll say, <laughs> yeah, he'll say something shady <laughs> happened or there was a miscount, all that stuff. What do you think of how, how the NBA handled the last few days? The NBA, I noticed that they, well, I don't know if this is with everything or not, but I saw the Bucks versus, who played Friday? They played the Rockets on Friday? Bucks uh, played, no, they played the Rockets Sunday. The Bucks beat beat up somebody on Friday. Well, I watched I've watched so many games, I can't Bucks. even remember. I yeah. didn't know, did they... Was it coincidental that both white players on those teams they had to wear the black Black Lives Matter on the jersey? Other people, other teammates had like equality and, and various right. things. Yeah, they every they, I think they had like twenty eight different slogans. You could pick one of the slogans. Yeah, it's you know it forces the the convo, and I was just thinking thinking about how this is at some point this is going to be old footage you know these games are going to be old and you know look back 30 years from now for it on espn classic right and then people have to have the conversation again or talk or at least talk about what it was and like, why is he you know why does he have education reform on his jersey and people had a Talk about the time. Uh, that keeps it going. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been nice to have sports back. I think the conversations have been handled really well yeah. and the dialogue that's been started. And there's been a sense of normalcy to it, even though nothing's normal, right? And even the games yeah. aren't normal and all the stuff they're doing, the lead up to the games, things like that. But then ultimately, you get to watch these guys hoop and it feels like, all right, well, at least this feels like kind of what life yeah. used to be like before March. Yeah, but if you're, you know, if you're like ninth, 10th man, you know, and you're trying to, a lot of people watching basketball now, you casual fan might not get More pressure. Or you to get dunked on with justice on your jersey, or (laughs) 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 yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some interesting posters when people get dunked on with these these new jerseys. So we can find your comedy special, Miami Nights, 
on YouTube. On YouTube. It's got, it's doing very well. It's in, it's in seven figures, the, the, uh, seven figures and then some, the amount of people that have watched it and then, uh, and then stay tuned for everything else. Right. seems like you're up yeah. to stuff. I've, I feel like you're hiding things from me. You, you got That's, a couple, you have a couple of big projects going right now. Those are, those are my big projects. News overload. Okay. Uh, the podcast splitting tens. I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to find a home for that, whether I'm going to put it out independently or. We'll find a spot for it, uh, and yeah, just that's those are the main thing. I'm having a uh, and 2K, and you've won 70 straight games in 2K. 2K, apparently. oh Allegedly. yeah, Two, yeah. Allegedly, <laughs> I'm trying to new. I'm trying to like just really goofy level of clickbait for my YouTube channel just to see how that process goes. And then now, since you know stuff is locked down. For 2K21, now I'm already planning video gaming with 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 my friends and with my like. Okay, if we're gonna do a team, are we gonna do this series? Oh, let's do a video a week. Okay, mm. we we film on Thursday evenings, and now for the first time ever, I'm planning video gaming months ahead of time. But I guess that's what it is to be almost 40 and and playing video games. You gotta structure that shit. Have you played a, an NBA player in 2K? Who's the most famous person you played in 2K? Uh, I don't... Who have I played? I don't, I've played some... I think I played... I haven't played any players. Seems like you 2K. need to start a league. You need to start a little little mini celebrity league. I was like, yeah, you're right. I should organize it. Should, should, you should challenge some people. Yeah. Let's, let's put it on the table. See who's good. Get everything good. organized, man. I was fascinated. I think it was like the second month with the pandemic when they ran, they started running the 2K games between the NBA players. Yeah. And, uh, and a couple of them were really good. Like really good. And you're thinking like, I, I can't even imagine how much they're gambling on this, like on a road trip or whatever. Like they're in some hotel room at two 30 in the morning in like Sacramento. It's like, Hey, come up to yeah. our room. Let's go. But, uh, but I, I was impressed. I thought, uh, that there was a couple of the sons were really good. They had some teammate battles. I think Deandre Ayton played, uh, Devin Booker, but, uh, it was pretty high level. Um, yeah. So, uh, Patrick Beverly was talking a lot of trash on there. Yeah, he t- he just talks trash anywhere. I think. Yeah, and he's probably in the grocery store like talking trash to people. He's, he's, he just needs to do it, especially yeah. when there's no basketball. He's gotta he's gotta work that muscle. Uh, Hannibal, it's good seeing you. Good seeing you too, Bill. Congrats on Thanks the special. Uh, good luck with the YouTube channel. Thanks a lot. Bro.